Welcome to the Into the Wilderness podcast. I'm your host, Timothy Regal. Today I have with me Jerry Adams, the man of grit. Jerry is the driving force behind Men of Grit. His mission is to equip men with the tools and knowledge to lead lives of strength. In his 30-plus years in the steel industry, he went from starting on the mill floor to a top leadership position. His technical skills, leadership knowledge, outdoor experience, and biblical passion make him a seasoned authority in the field of men's growth. Jerry is the author of the brand new book, Men of Grit, Strong as Steel, How to Build a Legacy of Unbreakable Strength. Jerry's also one of the best friends I have in this world. So brother, glad to have you on here. Yeah, it's great to be here, Tim. Um, I'm looking forward to this conversation, talking a little bit about the book and kind of what led to that and talk about men and being strong. Awesome. Yeah, I appreciate it. It's I've been wanting to have you on the, here on the podcast for forever, pretty much since I started doing it. And I knew you were writing this book. I'm like, nope, I'm going to wait until Jerry releases the book. And then we're going to go go deep into that. So, you know, as I mentioned, you you just released your book, Men of Grit, Strong as Steel. Um, you had an awesome uh, event last week and you're having another one here in a couple of weeks that I'll be at. What led you to writing this book and, and having this mission to develop strong men? Yeah, that's a good question. And, um, you know, this book comes out of uh, my personal journey. So so I grew up in uh, South Central Pennsylvania. I grew up on a little farm. And when we first moved to that farm, you know, we didn't have running water. We took baths in the creek. We, we didn't have plumbing in the house for the first year we were there. And so that's the way we grew up. And, and you know, things were a struggle there for our first few years there on the farm. And and so, you know, you learn a lot of things and, and, you know, I had uh, a mom that, that really uh, led me down the path of, of becoming a Christian later in life. And then, um, you know, uh, my dad, you know, I had a strong father and, and my dad, you know, he taught my brother and I just a lot of lessons growing up. A lot of those I talk about in the, in the book, but, um, so as I, as I, uh, well, fast forward. So as I, as I grew up as a man, um, I started, you know, checking all the boxes that we all check off as men. It's like, okay, I'm going to get myself, I'm going to get a good career and start making some money. I'm going to get married. Um, you know, uh, and, and so you start checking off these boxes and you start achieving these things. And, and then, you know, you're married and then I have a son. And, and so you, you kind of get to this point where you get comfortable and, you know, I think a lot of men can relate that after a while you start making money, you start feeling good about the fact that you've checked off these boxes that everybody expects you to check off. And, and now, okay, I kind of got everything that I'm supposed to get as a man. And then you start seeking comfort. It's like, I come home from work and, hey, I put in a hard day's work. I deserve to sit on the couch and, you know, watch a football game and, all, and, and nothing wrong with those things. But, but um, you know, too tired to engage and all that kind of stuff. And, and you start seeking comfort in life. And comfort leads to complacency. And complacency really kills the masculine soul. And, and that, that happened to me. I was, you know, to the outside world, I was killing it in my career. Things were going really well, but, um, but I was, I wasn't 
I wasn't being the fully being the man that I knew God called me to be. I knew there was a fire inside of me and it was, it was dying and it was dying because I was just becoming more and more comfortable. And then that complacency, and then it started killing that, that masculine soul. And when that happens, you know, men tend to go to dark places, you know, the things I know, you know, you, you've done a lot of work with men with porn and, you know, there's addictions and, and these kinds of things. And then soon your relationship with your wife starts to die and you lose the spark and soon you're just two roommates. And then after a while, there's a, there's a bitterness that kind of sets in and, and a lot of that's related to the fact that the man's just not doing the things that the man's supposed to do. And that's, that's where I found myself. And, and in uh, 2019, you know, I got a blood test and I wasn't feeling real good. I went to the doctor, I got a blood test and came back and the numbers weren't good. And it just opened my eyes and I was like, wow, you know, I'm out of shape. I'm not feeling good. This blood test is terrible. And they wanted to put me on medication. And I was like, nah, I'm not doing that. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, do the things that I need to do to get myself back in shape. I'm going to start eating right. I'm going to do some exercise. And so I started down that path and I talk about this in the book. I started down that path. And, um, one of the things that happened during that time is, you know, I went to a muster event with Jocko Willick and, and his group in Chicago. I did PT in the morning and man, I was like, the guy I was with, he's like, Hey, you going to do PT? And I said, yeah, yeah, I'm here. I mean, I paid for it. I'm going to do the whole thing, you know? And so four 30 in the morning, I'm down there doing burpees and push-ups and all this kind of stuff. And and I was like, man, I'm, I'm going to puke on this guy next to me. I'm so, I mean, I'm so out of shape and it really struck me. And I came out of there and I was like, man, I got to get my stuff together with well, that. Then also started to shine the light on other things, struggles that I was having in, in, you know, my thought life and just a lot of things that weren't where they were, where, where I really wanted them to be. I went in and I, I joined a couple men's groups and, and churches and stuff like that. And, you know, I remember one morning I was sitting there at the table and I was looking around the table and I was like, there's no man sitting here that I want to be like. Nobody's in good physical shape, which I knew that was something I needed. I didn't, you know, there was no fire. This just isn't it. This isn't going to get me where I need to go to be a better man. And so I started praying about it and looking for, for things. And I was listening to a podcast one time by uh, Craig James and, and he talked about the fraternity of excellence. And so I went in there and I got around other strong men. When that happened, um, you know, I started to learn things from other men that were further down the road that they, they tackled a lot of the issues that I, that I had, I put everything on the table. You know, I was like, Hey, I'm not going to be embarrassed. I mean, I came in here to fix myself. And so I just threw everything out and said, here I am, here's all my dirty laundry, everything. And, uh, let's, let's, let's work on this stuff. And so that started the process. And, 
you know, eventually a lot of things came together, but, but it also made me realize that my dad had taught me some real key foundational lessons that I then leaned on, you know, responsibility, taking initiative, you know, the hard work and, you know, facing things face to face and just a lot of things that really helped me um, that I fell back on during that time. And so, so, um, you know, I started figuring a lot of things out about lessons that were all coming together that helped me come out of that into a time where, you know, I got 30 year marriage that, you know, where we, we, the spark was almost gone. Now it's like a blazing fire. It's, it's better than it's ever been. You know, we have what everybody says you just don't have after 30 years, right? We have it and I'm living it, you know, and got myself in shape and, and my, you know, my body, mind, spirit, just going down the right road now. And, you know, you experience something like that and, you know, you want other men to experience the same thing. And that started to burn this fire inside of me that, that was always there. I've always had, God has always called me to minister to men, but now I had something that I was like, man, I can, I can teach guys something that I did. Like I came out of that to a much better place. And there's a life out here that most men don't even know exists. I need to tell them how to get from where they are to, to this better place. And that's where the book, the book came out of that. And also, you know, 2021, my dad passed away and I, and I really felt like I wanted to write something that honored my dad. What's interesting about it is this book does both. It does both. It honors my dad and some really key lessons. And he was such a great father. Some key lessons that I learned from him. And then those lessons I built on as I came into a group with other strong men. So so that's kind of a long story, but that's the story of that's the story behind the book Men of Grit, Strong as Steel. You know, and uh, and the steel part is. I've worked in the steel industry since 1988. And as you, as you mentioned, worked worked my way up from the floor. So, um, you know, I found some real connections there of steel making and what it means to be a strong man. Yeah. Yeah. And you weaved those elements into the structure of the book. You In the book, you have four elements of strong men, the foundation of fatherhood, the fire of faith, the fuel of fellowship, and the forge of the daily grind. You know, you use the um, analogies or the the symbolism of of making steel into making a man, and I think it's very much a similar process. You take a a raw a raw product that can't really do too much by itself, and you refine it, and that's scripturally based too. You know, ref, you know, in the refiner's fire, and it comes out strong and something that's able to to build on. And I think that's a huge element of this book is using that kind of uh, uh, metaphor for what men need to do in order to become strong, in order to become great leaders and husbands and fathers. Yeah, and 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 man, it it was a God thing how it all came together because 
prior to prior to all this, prior to my dad's passing and everything, I had this like drive that, hey, I, I you know, God has called me to help men. And I knew that, you know, he's just giving me a heart for for guys to uh, to help. And so and I knew that and I knew I wanted to write something, but it didn't really come together. And once my dad passed, it all came together. And then the the steel, the honoring of my father and then my own personal story. You know, when I started out with Men of Grit, one of the things that I that I made up in my mind was I, I was like, hey, you know, when, when I do this thing and I start writing, I started with a blog just to get used to writing and things like that. And and when I started down the path, I made up in my mind, I'm like, I am going to share things that I have actually done. Like, this is not going to be theory. This is going to be, these are things, these are lessons that I put, I did the work to get from where I was to where I am today. And now I'm going to write about it. I'm going to share it with other men. So it's not theory. This is this is practical, real life knowledge that that got me from where I was, which was a deep, dark hole, you know, out of that hole and and on top of the mountain, you know, and and I'm not going to say I'm completely on top of the mountain, but but I am on the path. Right. And that path leads to a place that. I think a lot of men don't even know exists because if they did, they would drop everything they're doing and they would put every effort that they got into getting there. If they really understood what we've experienced on the other side, right. They would be so motivated to get there. And so you try to paint that picture for men. And and I think for each man, it takes some sort of catalyst to do that. Because human nature and and just just sinful nature is always to kind of be complacent, to to be comfort. You know, we 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 have to push forward to make progress. And so, a lot of men, I think, need that catalyst. You know, for you, you talked about that the blood test kind of got you on that path. But then, a couple of years later, with your your father passing away, you know, really kind of you know lit the afterburners in in your life, kind of to get that. And and that was something. I mean, I remember that vividly. I remember you calling me on your way, driving down to see your dad in the hospital. And, you know, we prayed together and talked about it. And 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 then watching you, you know, everything was live streamed back then because it was the middle of the pandemic, watching you give that very moving eulogy at your dad's funeral, which was, um, you know, just incredible. Um, but there's something that stuck out in, in that eulogy and in the book and, and the whole part of your the book, the theme through it, and, and your dad is such an integral part of it throughout the entire thing of it. Mm-hmm. You know, and so much of these things that that your dad taught you, and then now you're teaching other men. The thing that really stood out to me in that is the phrase that your dad told you, and I'm going to quote it from the book. He said, it's your turn, Jer. Mm. Yeah. You know, what did that mean to you for him to say that? He and I had a conversation and, you know, we talked about all of this stuff and he was, you know, I told him that I was burdened about the situation of men uh, in the country as a whole and then specifically Christian men. Mm -hmm. I was like, you know, dad, I said, I grew up in a time where, you know, the heroes were strong men, like even the 
TV and movie things and stuff. You know, it was oh, like yeah. strong men. You know, you had the John Waynes, you had the Clint Eastwoods. You know, you had men that that, that everybody was like, man, I want to be like that guy. You know, I want to be the guy that can stand strong in the middle of the storm. And you know, I remember telling him that I was really burdened about it, and we were talking about these kinds of things. And my dad always talked about legacy, and he always talked about, you know here's where I am in my life and I'm almost to the end. And then it's you guys, you know? And, and so, um, you know, for him, he, he listened in that conversation and, and he said, Jerry, he said, you know, what you have to say, you, you need to get it out there. Like you, you're, you are the guy to say, you need to say what you, this, this message, you need to get it out there. And men need to hear this. They need to hear you say what you need to say here about, men and strength and that kind of stuff. And, and that stuck with me. And that was, that was a few months before he passed, you know? And so that drove me. And then, you know, at the end, that was the thing that, you know, God really brought to me at the end was um, probably um, a few, well, it wasn't long after he passed. It was that whole idea of it's your turn. It's your turn. And that was the fire because then it was like, okay, dad's gone. I'm the eldest Adams. I'm the, I'm the one carrying the torch now. And so, you know, one, one of the things I learned in my whole transition of becoming a better man is once you know what you need to go do, just do it. Even if you don't fully understand how to do everything, just start moving, start doing the thing and figure it out as you go. You know, and so that's that's what happened. A couple months, you know, he died in February, and then it was just a few months after that where I started thinking about this idea of the book and started just throwing stuff together. And then formally, you know, the following April was when it became a formal process of writing the book. But I had been starting to put it together not long after he passed. Yeah. The ideas, you know. And so, uh, yeah, and it was cool. Like I said, it was a God thing because I threw all this stuff. It was almost like you're throwing all this stuff on the wall. And then uh, you started seeing the patterns of it. And all of a sudden, one day, it just all came. It was like foundation of fatherhood. Here's four chapters. Mm. Fire of faith. Here's four chapters. Uh, you know, fuel of fellowship. Here's four chapters. And then Forge of the Daily Grind, and here's four chapters. And it was just, it all came together. Um, and once it came together, it just resonated with you. You know, you know how, like, when God leads you to something, and then it's it's kind of gray area, and then all of a sudden it comes together, and you're like, that's it. Okay, that's it. You know, and that's that's what happened. Yeah. So. Well, and that first one is is foundation of fatherhood. and I, And I think it's so important that you use the word foundation because so many things really do come off of that. Um, I, I say all the time that almost all the problems in the world can be traced back to the lack of or poor fatherhood. Yeah. Yeah. And your dad was obviously such a foundation in your life. And my dad was in mine and, and, and hopefully you know, I am that foundation of my kids and you are to your son. Why is that fatherhood so important and why is it the foundation of everything? 
one of the first chapters that I talk about in the book is uh, I talk about the power of, of an example, mm. you know, the good example. Our example means everything. You know, you can, we can, when we talk about raising our kids and everything, a lot of times we're talking about like the things we say and how do I do this and how do I do that? And, and really the foundation to it all is your, your personal example. I always say, you know, be the man that you want your son to grow up to be and be the man that you want your daughter to marry, right? You know, be that man. And, and that means you, you need to, and that's hard work. Like you need to take the time to, to look in because we all know the family sees you for who you really are, the good, the bad, the ugly. And our children are going to follow who we are, not what we say. And the good and the bad and all that is going to come out. And so that's why the example is such an important part. Uh, it's, it's foundational to being a father is being that man that, that, that gets it together physically, mentally, spiritually, that, you're, that you are a rock in the middle of the storm. You are the man that everybody can lean on. And, you know, and you don't just wake up and become that one day. And so the father, the father shows the rest of the family about how, how that's built. And especially sons, you know, we, we show sons like how the man is, how a strong man is built, you know, the, the physical side like how you eat and how you work out and how you take care of yourself physically, um, the mental side, you know, and how you think about yourself, your mindset, and can you stay in your frame in the middle of the storm? Um, you know, spiritually, that that you are a man that, that, um, that serves God, that you want to honor God in what you do and how you live your life. And so that becomes the foundation to, to their lives because they're looking at you and they see that example. So I think that example um, makes all the difference. And, and when you think about it, and I write about this in the book, you know, a lot of people's hangups with God are related to their father. Many, many people have a hard time understanding the God of the Bible because, because of their fathers. It can, it's going to do one of two things. Like in my case, I, I understood like I, to me, it was easy for me to relate to the God of the Bible because I saw so many characteristics in my dad. I saw my dad as a rock, someone I could go to that, that, you know, when the storms of life came, I saw my dad as a protector. I saw my dad as, as this rough and tumble and strong man. And yet when I had migraine headaches in the middle of the night, he, he wasn't concerned about the fact that he needed to go work the next day. He, he walked with me at night until my migraines went away. And sometimes that was an hour walk in the middle of the night, you know, one o'clock in the morning, we're walking down the road out in the country because that was the only thing I could do to, to get rid of this migraine. And, and he was right there with me in that. 
you know? So that made it easy for me to, to build a relationship with God. And, and, you know, when you really step back and look at a bigger picture for fathers, that's the thing that we really need to be thinking about. Hey, how, how am I, how am I reflecting the image of God? And, and am I going to make it easier for my, my children to have that relationship when it comes time to hand off the baton, you know, because uh, our, our kids, when they're little, they look at us like, it's, it's like, we can't do any wrong. Like this is, this is, you know, you hear the little kids, like my dad yeah. can beat up your dad and you know, all this kind of stuff. Right. And so, but they look at us like we can't do anything wrong, but then there comes a time in life where you, it's time for you to transfer that over to God and say, son, you are now becoming a man. And this faith that you've been under the umbrella of home, it now becomes yours. And, and, you know, I'm here for you and everything, but I want you to be looking to God for your answers in life and your strength and your power and all those kinds of things. I'm here to help you for the rest of my days, for sure. Um, but what I really want for my son above everything else is I want him to learn how to gain that strength of the Lord, to be a strong warrior king like Jesus and, and fight the battles, you know, fight the good fight in the power and strength of the Lord. That's what I want for him. Fathers, we, we paint that picture and we make it easier for our kids, you know, to, uh, to relate to God if we do it right. Right. And I think that's our most important job as parents is to raise our children up in the way of the Lord. Yeah, but the the second element in your your book is the fire of faith, and this is a good good transition into that. And you talk about there being a crisis of masculinity in the church, and there aren't men in the church for young men, especially to go in there and be like, "Hey, I want to be like that guy." There aren't guys like that in the church. So what what has caused this crisis of masculinity? How come there? why aren't there strong masculine men in the church these days? Yeah, it's interesting. You know, I, I kind of think in some cases that uh, we've allowed the world, you know, to, to uh, penetrate into the walls of the church sometimes, because, you know, what's interesting to me is in my journey, when I couldn't find the, the, the strong masculine men that I knew because I, you know, I, I had a father that was a strong masculine man. I knew what that looked like. Right. And when I couldn't find that in the church, I had to go outside the church. Now within FOE, there's Christian men within there, but I got a lot of friends, Christian and non-Christian. They're strong men. They're men I look up to. They, they understand what it means to be a masculine man. Right. Um, but what was interesting to me is that once I got around those strong men and I started moving in a better direction physically and mentally and spiritually, and I saw how all those things are tied together. Like you can't, you can't say, oh yeah, I'm going to be a strong man, but I'm going to, I'm going to eat donuts for the rest of my life and be 30 pounds overweight. Like, no, you have no discipline. And that's not the spirit that God gives us. God says, you know, I give a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love 
and self-discipline. The godly man is a self-disciplined man. But so, so when I went in and I saw, when I went through my experience and I look back and I said, man, why, why, why isn't this in the church the way it should be? Well, I started to dive into scripture and look into scripture. And I was like, man, the examples are here. But what I what I discovered is we're we're not preaching to men in the church. We're not teaching to men in the church. That that's what we should be doing. We should be churches should be building up men so that men can lead their families in the Lord. So we're not preaching to men. And and the reason I say that is because in the scripture you got these wild, bold men like John the Baptist, but we're not pulling out, you know, we're not talking about, hey, men, look at this guy, confronted the things that needed to be confronted. He was assertive. He was, you know, because let's face it, man, John the Baptist, if he showed up today and walked into a church, most churches would probably kick him out of some rude. Yeah. Right. Who is this rude guy? Kick him out, right? Because he was he was a wild man. He was yeah. nothing like the leaders of the church. He was exact opposite. He was not tender and soft. He was not a nice guy. He was a good man. But the reason he was a good man is because he confronted the things that needed to be confronted. He did what God called him to do, and he did it aggressively, right? And so you see those examples. You see Jesus, and I talk about this in the book. Yeah, Jesus goes out into the desert for 40 days in the wild on his own around wild animals. And these are the types of wild animals that destroy human beings. Right. Like these aren't just, you know, the tufted titmouse. This is like lions and bears and, yeah. you know, these are yeah. these are wild animals. And so you start thinking about that and you say, how many men today could go out into the wild and live for 40 days? And I'm not even talking about fasting and I'm not right. talking about spiritual warfare that he went through, but just that Jesus was a tough man. You know, he, he was bold. He confronted his enemies on their territory. He went into the temple. He called them the worst names you could call anybody in those days. And he called him out in front of the whole the whole group while his disciples were way back there someplace saying, hey, man, you know, you're offending them. And that didn't stop Jesus, man. He was bold and he hammered down because they were they created a barrier to people coming to God. And there's nothing that fired Jesus up more than the leaders that were creating a barrier to people coming to God. And so there's a fire inside of me that I see in some, not all, I think there's some churches that are really starting to see and, and starting to focus on men. Yeah. You know, I think that's starting to happen. And I'm hoping that my book helps to put that fire in more men for that to happen, you know, but, but in a lot of churches, man, it's not happening. And, and I think to myself, I'm like, you know, we are kind of creating this situation where we are putting a barrier 
to masculine men in the church. And men, a lot of our men are becoming nice guys instead of being good, strong men. They're, they're, they're not warriors. And we're called to be warriors. We're called to fight the good fight. You know, I talk in the book, we are in a war every day. And, and we are going to fight against our own flesh, our own nature. We're going to fight against sin, the things that, addictions, the things that want to pull us down into the pit. You know, we're, we're in a fight. And what I try to convey in the book is, hey, you, you have been called to be a warrior in God's army. And you start your day off, man, put that armor on and be ready to fight the good fight. And, and, uh, you know, I think, I think when you look at that, it's like the examples are there, you know, you got the prophet Elijah, you got Nehemiah, you got Daniel, you got these men that stood up, you got Paul, you know, nobody could stop Paul. I, I said, I've said once before, you know, Paul's like the original man of grit. Mm-hmm. Like there was nothing that was going to stop him from his mission. No obstacle was going to get in his way. Shipwreck, nothing. Yeah, nothing. He goes through that whole list, and I'm like, holy crap, man, how many guys is he talking about here? And it's just him. And and I think churches have become that barrier, like you say. You know, we 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 read these Bible stories as kids and and and, and throughout our lives, and we we see Jesus rebuking the Pharisees and, and the disciples are with Jesus and you know, we always kind of think, oh, we'd be the disciples in that story. When in reality, we're probably more the Pharisees. Yeah. And yeah. and 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 they have taken the truth of the scripture. Now, back then they took the truth of the the the, the Jewish tradition and made it into something that the Bible isn't, that the Old Testament wasn't, that God didn't teach, and the law that he didn't give to Moses. And I think we've done the same thing in the modern area where we've taken the Bible and made it fit our own agendas, made it fit a 21st century, you know, social justice, political correctness, whatever you want to call it. And we've just watered it down and we've created this thing where Jesus is just this soft, um, sometimes effeminate um character that just just you just need more love just more love and 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 jesus is love and jesus is loving and compassionate and caring and he is all those things but that's only part of jesus yeah he's the lamb but he's also the lion of judah and we've gotten away from teaching that masculine side of jesus And, and like you say with this book i hope that that sparks a revival in the church to teach who the true jesus really was yeah, I think I think the 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 cool part about Jesus to me, the dichotomy that is so cool is you see this strong, bold man that he could stand up to his enemies and go straight at them. I mean, he was he was a fireball when he was going after some of these teachers that were leading people down the wrong path. Mm-hmm. At the same time, he was sitting there saying, hey, guys, don't get in the way of those little ones. Let them come up here. 
the same guy that was this strong masculine man, man that his disciples said, Hey Lord, you know, if we go into that city, there's people there that, that want to kill you. And he's like, yeah, we're going, let's go. And he just bang nose down. This is where I'm called to go. Yeah. So that's where I'm going. No fear. Right. So you got that guy. And then at the same time, he's like, come here, little one. And he, yeah. and you can almost see him getting down eyeball to eyeball, taking that little kid, putting it on his lap yeah. and just spending time and being there, being present with that child. You have that dichotomy and that's yeah. the strong man. That's the man, you know, that's the man that, that, that we want to be, you know, it's not for us. It's not this perfect man. You know, there's going to be times we screw up and then even in that, it's like, are you going to handle that screw up as a strong man? Yeah. You know, are you going to go and I'm not going to make excuses? Yep. That was me. And here's what I'm going to do to correct it. Yeah. You and know? I think you're and, and throughout the book, like I mentioned, you talked about your dad and I think your dad emulated Christ so much in that. Yeah. Your dad could, you know, was a tough, you know, he was his name was Grizz for crying out loud. You know, <laughs> I mean, he could, you know, take out a Pennsylvania whitetail like you wouldn't believe. But then you said at the same time, sat up with you when you didn't feel well and loved yeah. you and cared for you. That's the example that Christ wants us to be in the world. And there's that. I forget who I've heard different versions of it. I know Jordan Peterson said one and somebody else said something about that. But um, a man who is incapable of violence isn't peaceful. He's harmless. Sure. Yeah. And so in order to be both that, you know, that strong man and also that gentle, gentle lamb. We have to be strong. Yeah. And that's a, a major point that you do in the book as well as the forge of the daily grind and the men of grit and, and so important for men to be physically strong besides being a strong father and a strong believer and have strong faith and need to be physically strong. So talk a little bit about your journey in, into that. Uh, people see your videos every morning on, on Instagram and Twitter, or you pumping iron at, at 430 in the morning every single day. And, and so talk about that journey and how important that fitness aspect is to, to being a, a man that's strong as steel. Yeah, I think a lot of people miss, there's so much more to, you know, too often in the Christian church, people look at it and they, they, they see it as this, um, this path to vanity, you know, and miss so much about what it means to work out and get yourself in shape. It's like, there's, you build discipline and you build this, this, this thing that every man needs, you know, you, you want to be a man you are going to spend a lot of time doing things that need to be done that you don't want to do. They, they need to be done and you're a man. So you are called to do them. You're called to get things done and you're going to get things done that nobody else wants to get done. That's what we do. That's what men are called to do. And so when you work out, you're doing that often. I tell people all the time, they see my videos and everything like, well, I'm just not disciplined like you. And I'm like, yeah, neither am I. And they're like, what? Like 50% of the time, I don't want to get up. But you said earlier, a lot of times we need some kind of catalyst to move us to a better place. And for me, I'm like, I got the windshield and I got the rear view mirror. And I talk about it in the book. The windshield is 
my vision and all the pictures of where, where I want to go. And that's where I'm facing. Most of the time, that's where I'm looking. But I got the rear view mirror. And the rear view mirror is I look back to where I was. And I keep that image. I don't live there. Living there is unhealthy. Like I forget what's behind and I press on toward the goal, right? Yeah. But but I but I keep that picture because when uh, when it's 4:30 in the morning and it's time to get up and put the work in and I don't feel like it, I just look up in that rear view mirror and I'm like, "Hey bud, you want to go back there?" And that's a real quick discussion because I'm like, "No, I don't." Cuz I remember the pain I remember what the life of a comfort-seeking, complacent, dead fire, I remember that pain. I remember what that's like. And I remember the pain that that brought to the people around me because I wasn't a strong man. And so that's what that's what fires me up. And so when when you work out, you start to you start to exercise that discipline that God says that he gives us with the power of his spirit. And that's the thing that as Christian men, man, we have the power of God living on the inside of us. And he gives us this spirit. And a part of that spirit is this idea of self-discipline. Like I said earlier, you know, the spirit that he gives us, it's not a timid, it's not fearful, but it's power and love and self-discipline. And so, you learn that self-discipline, you, you get yourself in shape. So when you do come home in the past, you would come home and you'd be tired and you wouldn't be ready for your family. You know, it's time to switch hats. Like, it's like, Hey, I'm not running a mill anymore. I'm going to take the hard hat off and I'm going to put the dad hat on and I'm going to put the husband hat on and I'm going to walk in the door. And when I walk in the door, I'm ready for anything. Hey, guess what happened today? You know, the other day I came home and um, big old pine tree fell in the neighbor's yard. And I came home and I was dead tired. I was wiped out. I was ready to relax. And I came walking in the door and said, Hey, did you see the big pine tree that went, fell in the neighbor's yard? Went down, took a look at it. Yep. Okay. It's pouring down rain. We jump in a four wheeler, throw the chainsaw in said, come on, son, let's go. Down we go in a pouring rain and we're running a chainsaw and we cut up a pine tree I didn't feel like doing it. Now, why do why can I do that? Because I have I have prepared for that. Because every morning at 4:30, I'm doing something that a lot of times I don't feel like doing. And I push myself and I work hard and I push into being tired and all that kind of stuff. So that when it comes time that the tree falls in the neighbor's yard and I don't feel like doing it, and it's pouring down rain, and there's every reason that I used to use to not do the thing. All those reasons are stacked up. And I'm like, no, I'm prepared for this. I push through when I don't feel like doing it. And that's, man, that's what it means to be a man. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the little things. The other day I came home and uh, we had an accident out in the barn with one of the chickens, broke a leg. Well, guess what? I got to go get the hatchet and take care of it. Right. Yeah. So it's, Somebody has to do it. And, you know, does it feel good? No, but you just don't think about it and you just get done what has to get done. And that's what men do. That's what we're called to do. And so that physical part ties in 
And that starts to develop this mental toughness that I'm talking about, right? And then that also makes you disciplined in your spiritual life because I know the tie. I know where the discipline comes from because he already told me that comes from his spirit. And so I'm tying all those, th the physical and the mental and the spiritual, I'm tying them all together. And we, we don't tend to do that very well within the church. In the church, we're serving donuts every time we do anything, right? Big potlucks and this and that. And it's like, you know, we, we need to, we need to change that, you know, to, to men standing at a grill, growing a bunch of meat. That's what church ought to be. Yeah. You know? And I talk about some of the mental exercises that I did and why I had to do those. And, and those were very helpful to me. And then the, the physical, of course, and I talk about scriptural. I talk about, you know, a lot of things that I think we ignore in the church, um, you know, gluttony and, and, you know, laziness. And there's just a lot of things that, that we need to wake up and, um, you know, we're killing our men, heart disease, diabetes, we're killing our men. And when we do that, that also starts to tear away at the, you know, the, the masculine soul also, and the confidence um, that men should have to lead. Yeah, I think it the, the strong, the physical strength develops mental strength, develops Absolutely. spiritual strength. You have to master yourself before you can master other things in your life. And I think that all starts with the physical. Yeah, it's not just a, a vanity thing. Um, and I think a lot of people use that as an excuse. They're like, oh, well, I don't want to have a, a strong, physically fit body because, you know, that that's, you know, people do that. There, there are all these meatheads you see at the gym that that just, you know, flex in the mirror and just want to look good because they, you know, either they want to get laid or they're just they're 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 prideful or arrogant or things like that. But no, it's about, like you mentioned, first of all, being healthy, I think, is the most important thing. But if you can master your body, if you can master your mind and and over and develop that discipline and overcome the that drive for weakness and drive for comfort and drive for complacency and master that then you can master every other area in your life but it all starts with mastering your yourself and your body you know there is a confidence that comes with with looking good like having sure. being in shape you know there's a confidence that comes with that and when you know that you're dialed in and uh that that helps and and confidence is such a big part of leading yeah you know not arrogance right but confidence you know there's a difference and you know confidence is tied into to who you are and uh who god says you are and also when you start to work out and everything you you gain confidence because you know you're dialing yourself in and that helps in everything in life Helps in your relationship with your wife, helps with your ability to lead others and the example you're setting for your kids. And I think the best way to develop that and to get yourself into shape and to learn how to master that and get that discipline is to be around other men who are pursuing that. And that's the other element that the last element you have in your book is, is the fuel of fellowship. And, you know, you and I are both members of the Fraternity of Excellence, and, and that's how we met, and that's how we've become such close friends. And it's been a life-changing 
group for for both of us and but most men don't have that in their lives the church isn't providing that they don't have that at, at, at with worker co-workers they don't have that with family they don't have that with friends or, or other you know community groups or anything like that they don't have fraternity they don't have fellowship what are men missing because they don't have that fellowship with other men there's a couple things. It's one, it's finding those strong men. And that's why we ended up in the fraternity of excellence because we wanted to be around men that were dialing themselves in and becoming stronger across the board, body, mind, and spirit. You know, they were concerned about because the idea is become a better, stronger man. And by being a better, stronger man, you become a better husband and a better father and a better leader. And so, you know, um, all of these things become better from the foundation of becoming a better man, but you're not going to become a better man unless you're around other good men. And that's the key. You know, uh, I was reading a couple of verses said, uh, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm, you know? So you, you, you know, bad company ruins good morals. Mm -hmm. Iron sharpens iron, you know, as, as uh, one man sharpens another. And so, you know, we need to be around other men that can actually sharpen us. And this is the thing that either catapults men forward or it holds them back. It's the, it's the men that you allow to influence you in your life. You, you need to be really, you, you, you need to um, discern the, the type of men that you're going to allow to, to be in a position of influence in your life. And you, you need to look at who they are and what their example is, because when you're around a strong person, another man that's strong, it's like infectious. Like you can't help, like you want to be, you want to be considered one of the, the guys at the table. You want to be able to sit at the table with other strong men. And so you push yourself to, to level up and to be like the men that you run with. And so I, I tell men all the time, you really need to take a hard look at who are the handful of men that are around you that you're allowing to influence you that are causing you to either go forward or go backwards. If they're causing you to go backwards, you need to drop them and at least put distance between you and them. Don't allow them in to a point where they influence you. So being around strong men and, and that's, that's key in you. And that's, you know, I write about that in a book. I want to give a picture of what those strong men look like so that guys understand, you know, what they're looking for, the type of men that they're looking for. And if you look hard enough, I feel confident that if you're looking for strong men and you you start praying about it, that, that, you know, you will, you will connect. And if you can't come to the fraternity of excellence with us, you know, because, we know what strong men look like and, and we've experienced it. And then, and then you got to be willing to come into this situation and tell people what you struggle with. Like you can't hide. And that's the other thing that you see a lot of times is 
guys come in the middle of a bunch of strong men, but they don't really tell them what's going on. Or if they do, they only give them a little bit. You know, when I came into the fraternity of excellence, I prayed about it and I was like, okay, I'm here to change. So here we go. I don't care. I don't know any of these guys. So what? Boom. I just put it all out there. I'm like, I don't care. I'm I'm not going to be embarrassed. I'm not going to be anything. I'm just going to, if this is really what it's, they say it is that we're men that are trying to become stronger men, then they should be able to handle this. And so here it comes. Boom. And I just threw it all out. And a lot of guys won't do that. They won't be transparent. And that's uncomfortable. But look, man, that's what we're talking about. That's what strong men do. Strong men have the courage to put that stuff on the table in front of other men. And what you find is it ends up like there's five or six guys that went through the exact same thing. The very thing that you're sitting here saying, I'm kind of embarrassed to say this. And then once you finally throw it out, all of a sudden there's like a bunch of guys that come in there and say, Oh yeah, I, I went through that. Here's how I, here's how I won that battle. Yeah. yeah so did I, yeah, so did I. And you're looking around and you're like, really, you did, you did. After a while you find out, man, there's nothing new under the sun. It's like these guys, we all are fighting similar battles. And then once you realize that, then it's like, okay, now I have six different guys and they all have a different angle. And I'm just going to take a little bit from each one and figure out my own angle. And I'm going to, I'm going to start working and win. And that's, that's what we want. We want, we want, guys to hook up with other men that are like okay we're we're going someplace and if you put the work in and you listen and you learn and then you do the work and execute you'll be a better man you know proverbs 27 17 actually the bible over my shoulder is open to that passage yeah as iron sharpens iron so one man sharpens another and men need to come together in order to do that. You know, one piece of iron isn't going to sharpen another piece of iron if they don't come in contact with each other. That's right. And so too many men these days are a, a one man wolf pack to, to quote the, the one movie. And that's not how men are to be. Men need to be come together and they need to tear down those walls. Those, whether it's shame holding them back, whether it's fear, whatever it might be to help each other break down those walls so we can be open, be vulnerable. You know, the guys that in, in FOE that change, you, me, all the other men that are in there are the guys that do that, that allow themselves to open up, share their struggles, and they'll find out other men are dealing with the same things and grow. But if you come in here thinking, you know, you already got your shit together and you don't need to change, you just want to be around cool dudes, you're not going to really grow. Yeah, and that's, what, that's not what we're about either, right? Yeah, right. And then each man takes from that. You go in there, you're vulnerable, you open up, you learn, you grow, you improve, you get you get stronger. But it doesn't end there. It gives you the strength to take that back to your family, to your church, to your community. It gives you a mission. One of the things that you have in your book, and, and I've heard about this long before you even wrote the book, but was your personal mission statement, which I love, is honor God, be true to the man in the mirror, and be a rock for those around me. What, what does that mean to you, that mission? Yeah. That that just all came together at, through this journey, and it just became crystal clear. You know, that's my personal mission statement in life. It's like 
at the end of my my last days when I take the big dirt nap and everybody's gathered around and they're like, hey, you know, what was Jerry about? You know, that's what I hope they say. I hope they say, you know, that man there, he honored God in the way he lived his life. Like he utilized everything that God gave him, the way that God made him and built him. Man, he was on fire for the Lord and he did the mission that God called him to be. He honored God. And then second, um, you know, honor God, be true to the man in the mirror. So be true to the man in the mirror is about being authentic. And for me, it was it was overcoming this idea of being too concerned about the opinions of others, the expectations of others and chasing after the validation of others. You know, it was, it was, no, I'm not going to be somebody else. I'm going to be Jerry. I'm going to be the man that God created me to be the things that he tells me in the scripture that are true about me. Now that I'm, that I've expressed faith in Christ. Now that I'm in Christ, who am I, you know, and and really, I, I did a lot of work on that. So I wanted to, I want to be authentic. I want to be the man that God created me to be. Because what you find out is when you figure that out and you go out into the world and you speak your voice, you speak the message that God gave you, the way that God gave you to, to spread that message. When you do that, um, you be, it becomes powerful and it impacts the world around you. So that, and then be a rock for those around me, you know, that's, that's what I talk about, about in the forge of the daily grind, we, we need to prepare because Christ told us, you know, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I've overcome the world. And so he's telling us hard times are going to come, you know, you're going to have things like, you know, your dad dies and, and you're going to have to step up to the plate and, and manage things. And you're going to have struggles in life things aren't going to go perfectly and for you and the people around you and when the shit hits the fan and when the storm is hitting everybody around you you want to be the man that walks in the middle of it and just calms the whole thing and everybody else can anchor to you and the only way that that's going to happen is that you have trained yourself up and you are a strong man in body mind and spirit all of that stuff, that forge, which takes something that's strong and it makes it even stronger. And the forge has to hit every piece of the steel in order to make it strong so there's no weak spots. And when you do the work, that's what you're doing. You're hitting every piece of your life as a man. So no matter what comes your way, you're going to be able to be the rock for those around you. And that's what that forge is all about. And too many men are like, yeah, you know, if we ever had to fight a battle or we had to do this, I would do this and I would do that. And then you look at them and you say, dude, you're you're only going to run 25 yards because you're 50 pounds overweight. You're going to be completely out of breath. You're going to fall over dead and have a heart attack. Like, I know what you're thinking because of maybe who you used to be, but you're not that man right now. And we need to train so that we are that man. So that when we come home and we're exhausted and something needs to be done, that we can push ourselves. Like we don't, we don't have to rest. When we get the chance, we will rest. But when there's something that needs to be done, we're not going to have to call somebody else to do it. We're going to be the man and we're going to do it. And we're going to be a rock for those around us. You know, that's, that's what I want in my life. 
And that mission for me personally goes out and I'm like, okay, I got to build myself up. And then if I be the rock for those around me, that includes men of grit. It's first my core, my family, right? I want to be strong for my family, but then that goes out to outer rings and, and then it goes out to my brothers and it goes out to these men that I know God called me to, to lead. And it's like, I need to be strong. I need to be the example first. Um, and then as I follow Christ, then follow me, just like Paul said, right? If I'm not following Christ, then, hey, don't even pay attention to me. Go, <laughs> go someplace else, right? But but you want to be that example. And, uh, and so out of that personal mission statement came Men of Grit, the book, and everything else. You know, it's like, okay, now I want to, I want to be a rock and be an example so that other men can now get a picture and get an idea and get a vision. That's what we need. You know, the people perish with no vision, right? There, there's what's that scripture that talks about, you know, where there is no vision, the people perish, right? And we don't have a vision for what it means to be a strong man in the church, in a lot of churches. And that's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping this book paints that picture. You know, that's the, that's the fire that's in my heart is, man, we want a vision because I just, I just have this picture of guys reading a book together and going through the questions together and getting on fire and coming out and saying, man, we're going to change this church that we're a part of here. And we're going to change it because this thing is going to be the spark and that's going to start it. And then you're going to run your own fire and go into that church and set the whole place on fire. And you're going to be like, and people are going to be like, man, what's the deal with these men? Men, men, man, strong men can have a strong impact in this world. Don't turn around our churches. So at the end of every podcast that I do, I like to give my guests an opportunity to speak directly to my audience. So if there's a man out there who's listening to this he was resonating with what you've said throughout this maybe he used to be maybe he is like you used to be he's overweight he's struggling he's gotten comfortable he's gotten complacent and just satisfied with checking all the boxes and not really going anywhere in life his faith is faltering his his family could be falling apart he's listening to this what do you say to him and what encouragement do you give that man yeah i i i would tell him i'd say hey brother you know um this is all going to seem kind of overwhelming at first. And and you might read my book and and you might, it might be like drinking out of the fire hose. Um, and, but what I would say is something that I say in the book, it's like, okay, paint a picture of where you want the man that you want to be. And that's the, that's the mountaintop. That's the peak. So you want to paint that picture. This is the man I want to be. Here's where I am today. I'm down here, but this is the man that I want to be up here. And paint that picture. Now, now you got that locked in your mind. Now get your eyes off that peak. Because if you stand here at 14,000 feet and you're at the bottom of that mountain, you're looking at that peak at 14,000 feet, that looks pretty overwhelming. Okay, paint that picture. Now get your eyes off the peak. Look right in front of you and take the first step. And that's what I would encourage men. It's like, hey, Figure out what you want to do. It might be physically, and you might say, man, I can't even do 10 push-ups. 
Okay, what can you do? Well, I could do two. All right, well, okay. Right now, before you even start thinking about it, oh, I'm going to put together a big plan and all this. No, get down and do two push-ups. Tomorrow, try to do three. You know, just start. Just start moving. What do you want to do physically? Pick one thing. What do you want to do mentally? Maybe you read the book and, you know, and that's what I encourage guys. Of course, I'm going to say, hey, read my book. Get my book and read it, right? But but the the important part to me is pick something out of there. Just pick one little thing that says, I'm going to grab hold of that body, one thing in mind, one thing in spirit. And I'm just going to do that one thing. I'm just going to take that one step that's in front of me. Every once in a while, I'm going to look up. Yep. Peak's still up there. That's good. Put my head back down and go. And the concept in my mind is, and I would encourage men, the concept that I think you need to have is look at yourself in the mirror. And then every day you get up, Look yourself in the mirror and say, hey, I'm going to do something today to make myself just a little bit better than a guy I saw there yesterday. That guy in the mirror is your competition. He's the guy that's going to stop you or hold you back, but he's also the guy that's going to move you forward. And so you look in the mirror and you say, what can I do today to move myself forward just a little bit from the guy yesterday? Just want to be better than the guy yesterday. Every day. That's your competition. You do that for 365 days, you're going to wake up a completely different man a year from now. In one year, you'll be completely different if you just do one little thing every day to be a little bit better than the guy yesterday. And so that's what I would tell men is don't get overwhelmed. So what if you're 50 pounds overweight, you got this going on, you got that going on, whatever. Let's just start, brother. Let's just start. Take that first step. Jerry, this has been an incredible conversation. Um, I've enjoyed talking with you. I love the book. Where can men go to learn more about you, to to follow you and your content? And where can they go to, to purchase the book, Men of Grit? Yeah, I have a website, uh, Men of Grit. Dot com so it's all one word menagrit.com um i'm most active on twitter at men underscore of underscore grit the exact same thing at uh, instagram men underscore of underscore grit and so those are the places where you'll find me most active and there you can reach out to me and dm me and uh and hook up and ask any questions you want to ask uh, go on Amazon, Men of Grit, um, uh, Strong as Steel is my book. It's out there. It's uh, just moved into the number one new releases under Men's Spiritual Growth. So um, happy about that. And, um, you know, if you do read the book and it really has an impact on you, I would appreciate a review on Amazon. That helps. That helps boost the rankings. And when you boost the rankings, Amazon grabs hold of that and it goes out into the world. And I want the message to get out and spread out, you know, um, men that have, um, you know, pastors or men's ministry leaders or whatever that they think, Hey, I want to get them and get one of these books in their hand. Let me know. Let me know if I can send one to, you know, your ministry leaders, men's ministry leaders or something like that. I want this message to get out there. 
Well, Jerry, this has been awesome. Thanks for so much for coming on the show. I'm so glad we finally made this happen. This has been an episode of the Into the Wilderness podcast. This is Timothy Regal. Thank you for listening. For additional content and to learn more about Into the Wilderness, visit www.intothewildernessblog.com. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and all other social media at Timothy Regal, T-I-M-O-T-H-Y-R-E-I-G-L-E. If you're like me and many other men, you have struggled with porn. I was addicted for over 15 years and thought I would never break free. But through accountability, hard work, and never giving up, I found freedom from porn and sex addiction. If you're fighting the same battle, know there is hope. You can defeat this, but you cannot do it alone. That's why I offer one-on-one coaching to walk beside you in your battle. I'll provide personal guidance, support, and encouragement, and most importantly, accountability to keep you on track and help you reach your goals. So if you're ready to finally quit porn for good, if you're ready to put in the hard work, and if you're ready to finally take control of your life back, click on the link in the show notes to go to www.intothewildernessblog.com or DM me on Twitter or other social media to get started in your path to freedom today.